Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to be together, to be in your house, to, to celebrate and be thankful as we prepare to walk into the Christmas season. Lord, thank you for your love, your care, for your words. May they change our life. In your name we pray. Amen. So I know you thought we're jumping right into Christmas, but we're going to bridge today. So um, I, didn't, I didn't think it was, I thought we could use another week of being thankful. And uh, so I wanted to end uh, Job and then jump into uh, Christmas next week. And so I know it looks like it's decorated like it's Christmas, but we're going to kind of be in between. So we're going to look at Job 42. After all of that has gone on in Job's life, Remember, we started right at the beginning, and then we, we, uh, we worked our way through, and we get to the end. Of course, there were a whole bunch of questions, right, last week, question after question after question after question. And this is Job's reply, and, and my sense is this should probably be our reply. And Job replied to the Lord. I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You ask, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now and I will speak. I will question you and you shall answer me. My ears have heard of you. But now my eyes have seen you. Therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. May God uh, give his blessing in this word as we continue singing this morning. Lord God, thank you that that is what our hearts need. Thank you for the opportunities that you put in front of us. Lord, we pray for those uh, things we heard this morning, the struggles uh, of those in our membership, those who are hurting and uh, not feeling well, those who are uh, Lord, dealing with uh, many different kinds of ailments, Lord, those who were not spoken about this morning. We pray for those, uh, Lord, uh, that are on our hearts, uh, Lord, who are, are struggling in one way or another. Lord, we praise your name for those who have come alongside. Uh, we think of the foster uh, parents and the foster to adopt and all the work that's uh, done uh, in uh, in that system, Lord, uh, we know that there are, is an uphill battle, and yet, uh, Lord, we know that you have put those things in front of us. There are ways for us to help. Lord, we thank you for your love, your care, the way you work in our lives. Lord, as we bridge being thankful uh, with preparation to celebrate Christmas, Lord, may we um, not lose sight of the value of things in our life. May we not lose sight in the value of our salvation. May we realize and have our joy restored. Thank you for your love. In your name we pray. Amen. 
Maybe seated. And if you're a kid, you can run if you want to. All right. So I didn't want you to just like, I didn't think we could just end Thanksgiving. You know, I think some people think, well, we made it through Thanksgiving and now we don't have to be thankful anymore. Right? We can just stop being thankful because Christmas is coming. And I don't want you to, uh, I didn't want you to, to just quit being thankful for, uh, uh, for the things that God has provided in our life. And so I'll ask you the same question I asked you on, on the first week of talking about Thanksgiving or being thankful. What are you thankful for? What are those things in your life that you're thankful for? I heard something over here. Salvation, yes, amen. What are you thankful for? Anybody? His grace and mercy, amen. What's that, Glenn? Your wife? Yeah, you got a good one. She even likes you, I think. <laughs> Wouldn't go that far. <laughs> what are you thankful for this morning? I, want, I don't want you to lose, I don't want you to think, all right, we made it, we made it, we're good. Now we're, and Mark, Mark even mentioned this morning about um, the, that pressure of Christmas is coming, right? Black Friday has hit, and we're starting to feel like, and there's like Christmas um, uh, decorations, why can't, and, and we just got rid of, uh, not we, I, 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 I loosely say we, my wife is the we. Um, she just got rid of Thanksgiving, uh, or uh, the, the, all the uh, Thanksgiving and fall uh, stuff out in the yard yesterday. And so there's, there's this sense of like, okay, we can be done with Thanksgiving and then let's move on. But Thanksgiving and being thankful is, is about being thankful all year long. About, about being thankful for what God has given to us. Even in the midst of what can be very difficult and challenging uh, moments. We heard uh, just a few of those this morning um, that people are dealing with. And we know there are so many more uh, people are dealing with, with uh, trials and struggles and, and problems. And, and, and that doesn't go away, does it? It's not magic. It's not like, poof, it's gone. I, I uh, Oh, I want to say as a side note, slash, I, I, it was last week when I was in Kentucky uh, at a pastor's retreat, and uh, so I was half scared to go hang out with a bunch of pastors, because they're kind of pretentious and, uh, you know, know-it-alls, right? Uh, so I didn't know how that was going to go, but they were all rednecks, and that was good. Um, I, I think if you're going to be a pastor and you're going to hunt, I think it's going to be kind of this sense of, there are a couple doctors, they got, you know... Uh, they got their PhDs, but everybody was, we had a really good time. But what, one of the things I learned in very quick, short notice is that all pastors, um, just like anybody else who does anything else, who's breathing alive, and uh, there are struggles uh, in our position, and there are struggles, um, and, and pastors are no less or more or different um, in that there are problems, right? Now, our problems tend to be you, <laughs> right? <laughs> That, that's not what I said, but that's what all the other guys said. I mean, <laughs> the joke was, it was really funny because um, everybody but me was Southern Baptist. So uh, 
And if you don't know, Southern Baptists tend to be a little bit more conservative than American Baptists. Not a, not a humongous amount, but, but in the denomination, if you're going to put... St- so they're talking, they're jawing about like the Southern Baptists. These guys are all jawing about like whether it's going to split and blah, 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 and on. And I'm just like hiding like, I'm an American Baptist and I'm a, I'm a little less conservative than you guys in uh, some of these things. And um, but I quickly found out that these were just guys uh, God had called uh, to the ministry who dealt with the same, similar, very similar things. Um, the, the leading uh, shepherding a flock is a challenge. And yet, I, what I found was that even in the midst of all of that, I could still be thankful. Thankful that I didn't have their problem, <laughs> right? Thankful that, uh, that there, were, there were things that I, I, I have that they didn't have and um, resources uh, that are made available that they didn't have, and uh, one of the guys there was a young guy, and um, he was in, in an inner city church, uh, and, and extremely underfunded, as in like the church was underfunded, and the and the congregation um, was a rather uh, was struggling uh, financially, and so so his his trials were how do I meet the needs of the people in my congregation and help them to understand that God does provide, right, in the midst of, of what feels sometimes as a single parent, what feels as a, um, a, a, in, the, in the poorer areas, uh, how, do I, how do I meet that need? And then some of them were, um, there was plenty of money, and yet there was some, um, there was entrenched uh, struggles in their church from generations, and, and so they, they had tons of money and all kinds of, ref, of, of funds, but they had struggles in their church, like who was going to be in control and who was in charge, and uh, and how are we going to uh, make moves uh, for the kingdom and the community? So I quickly learned uh, it was good for me. It was good for me to see that I have things, a lot of things, to be thankful for. Uh, and some of the guys were bivocational, which means there. One guy was a uh, it was a um, a barber. So I thought that was really interesting. He was a real kind of a quiet guy, and he was just not, not, he had a great sense of humor, but it was real like, it was just kind of slide out, you know, just like, and uh, so he was a barber part-time and a, and a pastor part-time, and, and so uh, that was a different, uh, an interesting perspective uh, um, to be able to just kind of connect with and make some, um, I say all that because uh, you offer, you gave that opportunity for pastor appreciation for me to go, and I am um, very thankful for the opportunity to go to Kentucky uh, to get away and uh, to have some fun. It was cold, uh, but that's okay. I'm from Pennsylvania, not Florida. So one of the guys was from Florida, and 12 degrees for a guy from Florida is like a minus 112, I think. Uh, those poor guys didn't have, they didn't have the equipment. <laughs> so they just kept putting more socks on and packing their toes in tighter in their shoes and and that didn't, that didn't help them, but they didn't know that. I just left, you know. So I tried. I tried. I offered some clothes. I offered, but they didn't. Some people got to learn the hard way. So. But we're looking at this last little piece of Job. And, and you may remember Job was this righteous man, and, and he lost everything. And in his frustration um, with his friends and with himself, he was... And his wife, he's dealing with all these problems, and uh, in that frustration, he gets uh, maybe a little angry and a little frustrated, and he starts to question God. Anybody ever question God? 
Anybody ever step back and say, God, why are you doing this? What is wrong? What is going on? I have only ever done the things you have asked me to do. And in the process of that, Job asked those challenging questions. And, uh, and then, of course, God, what happens well, for a couple chapters there, and Brentley preached about it last week, was God begins to say, listen, were you there? Were you there when I created the Leviathan? Were you there uh, at those moments? Were you standing there when I did all this? And, of course, God pushes back a little bit, and, and God just asks all those questions, question after question after question. And so today is Job's reply. Job realizes who God is and what God is capable of. And what God is all about. And, and, and in that process, he begins to understand some of the attributes of God. So uh, I'll ask you quickly, who is God? What is it that makes God God? Think about that for a second. What is it that makes God stick out? Or makes him show up? What is it that we admire? What is it that we follow? Why do we follow God, right? Because if you're just blindly following because your grandma told you 25 years ago or uh, your mom told you or your parents made you come or whatever, I, I want to challenge you to begin to ask yourself this question. Why am I following God? What is it that I'm after? Why am I walking this path? What are the qualities of God that I admire what is it that makes me want to follow? Because if we can't answer that question, then, then we have to ask ourselves, why am I doing this? Am I doing this to fill a pew? Am I doing this to fill some obligation? Am I doing this just because I think that works will get me to heaven? What are those things? And I want to share with you that the, there's three things that I believe Job talks about uh, qualities of God. And the first one he says, uh, well, that God is omnipotent. That's a nice big word, right? Omnipotent. I used to, I always used to, right? Potent. If I think about potent, yeah, powerful, right? God is all omnipotent, all powerful, right? He says, listen, I know that you can do all things, God. No plan of yours can be thwarted. Job understands that God is not in the same spot as he is. He is all-powerful. Oh, almost lost it. God is all-powerful. Do you believe that God is all-powerful in your life? Do you believe that He has the ability to take care of the things that you need? Do you believe that? Do you believe, and I took this picture because I thought this would be a great picture, to set, that He set the world the earth in motion, the world in motion, that he created everything that is around us. Do you believe that God was powerful, is powerful enough? Because it changes the way we see things. It changes the way we respond to things. When we don't believe that God is powerful enough, we try to take things into our own hands and into our own control. And so ask yourself, when I had my last problem, which could have been getting here this morning, right? Did I take it into my own hands? Did I, did I deal with it on my own terms? Or did I take it to God? 
Because that's usually, that will be the answer to, to the question. Do you believe that God is all-powerful, that he has the ability to take care of the things in our life that need taken care of? When the problems are smaller, that's some easier, is it not? When the problems are bigger, we have a hard time with that. But let me challenge you. Job understood. There is nothing that can be uh, thwarted. Nothing. God, I can see that you can do all things. There's scripture in Jeremiah. It says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Do you believe there's anything too hard for God? Do you believe there's anything that, uh, that he can't handle in your life? Do you believe that there's something in, in your life that he's forgotten about or that he ignored, maybe he walked away from or turned his back on? Do you really believe that? God tells Jeremiah, a guy who had a rough go, right? If, you wanna, if, you wanna, if you're feeling bad about yourself, read Jeremiah. And understand that it was over a bunch of years that the prophet Jeremiah got, got roughed up. They call him the weeping prophet for a reason. He had a rough day, day after day after day after day, year after year. And God says to him, is there anything too hard for me? Our God is omnipotent. He has the ability and the power to take care of the problems in our life if we're willing to take them to Him. Second, God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. All-knowing. Verse 5 says, or verse 3, I'm sorry. It says, you ask, who is this that obscures my counsel without knowledge? That's what God is asking Job, right? Or Surely I did not, I spoke of things I did not understand, things that were too wonderful for me. God is all-knowing. He knows what's going on in our life. He understands our circumstances. He understands the depths and the struggles and the trials of our life. Sometimes we may feel like he forgot about us, that he missed out, that he just didn't care enough, right? I think that's where people struggle in faith. If, if things are going well, we believe God, is, is, uh, God knows everything that there is to know about me, and he took care of me, right? He spared me here. He, uh, he allowed me to get to, um, on my way down to Kentucky, actually, uh, on, uh, what was it, Friday morning. I had, of course, you guys had all that snow, and I was running away. So I was driving out of town, and I, once I got to, like, Cleveland, there was really no snow. Uh, so I'm driving down uh, 71, and I made it through Columbus with no problem. And then it's starting to get daylight, and the, and the, uh, the temperature is 30 degrees, and there's a mist in the air. And uh, that, that's usually a recipe for disaster. And um, so I, I watched a car. I back, we had all back, kind of backed down, and I watched car about 200 yards in front of me go across this short little, you know that bridge freezes before the road sign? You're like, what the heck does that mean, right? Guy in front of me is about 200 yards in front of me, and I could see him doing about 60, and he goes, and, and, it, and it, it was a good one. And, uh, and then I saw a semi that was smashed all up in a couple vehicles, and I got to that bridge, and I, I let off the gas, and I didn't touch the wheel, and 
I still, it was like, <laughs> praise God, it was just a short bridge and we didn't have to worry about, but, but it was one of those like, I'm thankful to God. I'm like, yay, thank you God for saving me. I didn't smash all up. I get all the way to Kentucky. I pull in to get gas and there's this truck that pulls in behind me and this truck is jacked. I mean, like the whole front end is like a foot higher here than here. Uh, it's crumpled up this way and the guy gets to get out both doors and it's like, and it's like bad. And, and he, and I'm just putting gas in and he's like, yeah, we were up by Columbus. We came from Buffalo and we we're up by Columbus and crossed one of those bridges. And man, it was icy. And we, next thing we knew we were eating the, eating the bridge. And I was like, woof, that could have been me. <laughs> and, and we're quick and easy to, uh, it's easy when, when things are going well, right? When things are going good and that we, we recognize that God knows, right? And we're all, we, we're okay with that. It's in those moments when, when things aren't going as well. And I think that's what Job is, uh, is recognizing. All too often, God, there was those moments when I wasn't really sure what was up or what was going on. And, and who wouldn't say that? He lost his children. He lost everything. It would be hard uh, in our humanness not to struggle with God knowing what he was doing in the midst of all of that. That and sometimes in our world we have know-it-alls, right? And we have those people that we come in contact with who just so happen to know everything there is to know about everything. And here's the reality. They don't know everything there is to know about everything. And so we want to be careful who we take advice from. We want to be careful who we hear from. We want to be careful that someone doesn't influence our life un unknowing or un un unbeknownst to us that has no clue about who we are. Be careful we don't let those people speak into your life. Because sometimes they will mislead you. We look at Job's buddies. I, I think their intent, for the most part, was good. But they didn't do all the right things. And if you read the last little bit of Job in chapter 42, you'll find out that God wasn't happy with them because they didn't do uh, the right things. They didn't give all the right advice. They didn't uh, say the right things. So be careful who you're listening to. Because all too often, we'll hear those voices of those in our life over the voice of God. My challenge and encouragement to you is go hear when you have questions. Find a trusted individual. And if that person is to be trusted, they may not give you the answer because they might not have an answer. They may pray with you. They may just spend time with you. Take it to the to the Bible and be careful of the know-it-alls. Romans eleven thirty three 33 tells us, Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable is his judgments and his path beyond tracing out. All, all too often we're looking for A plus B plus C, right? We need to, we need to understand logic uh, in order for our faith to work out. And the reality is that logic and faith doesn't mean we can't have logic, but faith will be bigger than uh, just logically trying to sort all of those things out. And finally, God is uh, omnipresent. 
omnipresent. You know what that means? He's everywhere all the time. Job says, my ears have heard, heard, heard of you. Do you know those stories that you've heard about? Like Sasquatch? No, not like Sasquatch. <laughs> you know those stories you've heard about and you're like, I've heard, I heard this story, but you'd have to be there to see it kind of story. You know what I'm talking about? Those stories that are like, that's just not real. That, that can't be. But if I, I'd have to see it with my own eyes to believe it. And that's what Job is saying. Surely I had heard about the goodness of God. I had heard about God's presence. But now I have experienced it. Our salvation uh, is experiential in that way. Now I have experienced it. This is kind of funny. So if we, were, if we were omnipresent, we'd be all those places at once, right? It's kind of like this. This is kind of weird, but it's kind of like eyes. You know, you know when your mom had eyes in the back of her head? <laughs> Do you remember that? She always had eyes in the back of her head. I don't know how that worked. It's understanding that God even, uh, he's always apart uh, and around us. So it's never lose the awe and wonder of having a personal God get personally involved in your life. Isn't that our relationship uh, with God? Isn't that what it should be? A very personal relationship. Brian, I want to run that. Go ahead and run that video, please. Thank you, sir. What if I told you Jesus came to abolish religion? What if I told you voting Republican really wasn't his mission? What if I told you Republican doesn't automatically mean Christian and just because you call some people blind doesn't automatically give you vision? I mean, if religion is so great, why has it started so many wars? Why does it build huge churches but fails to feed the poor? Tell single moms God doesn't love them if they've ever had a divorce, but in the Old Testament, God actually calls religious people whores. Religion might preach grace, but another thing they practice, tend to ridicule God's people, they did it to John the Baptist. They can't fix their problems, and so they just mask it, not realizing religion's like spraying perfume on a casket. See, the problem with religion is it never gets to the core. It's just behavior modification, like a long list of chores. Like, let's dress up the outside, make it look nice and neat. But it's funny, that's what they used to do to mummies while the corpse rots underneath. Now I ain't judging, I'm just saying, quit putting on a fake look. Because there's a problem if people only know that you're a Christian by your Facebook. I mean, in every other aspect of life, you know that logic's unworthy. It's like saying you play for the Lakers just because you bought a jersey. See, this was me too, but no one seemed to be on to me. Acting like a church kid while addicted to pornography. See, on Sunday I'd go to church, but Saturday getting faded, acting if I was simply created to just have sex and get wasted. See, I spent my whole life building this facade of neatness, but now that I know Jesus, I boast in my weakness. Because if grace is water, then the church should be an ocean. It's not a museum for good people, it's a hospital for the broken, which means I don't have to hide my failure, I don't have to hide my sin, because it doesn't depend on me, it depends on Him. 
See, because when I was God's enemy, and certainly not a fan, he looked down and said, I want that man. Which is why Jesus hated religion, and for it he called them fools. Don't you see so much better than just following some rules? Now let me clarify. I love the church, I love the Bible, and yes, I believe in sin. But if Jesus came to your church, would they actually let him in? See, remember he was called a glutton and a drunkard by religious men. But the Son of God never supports self-righteousness, not now, not then. Now back to the point, one thing is vital to mention, how Jesus and religion are on opposite spectrums. See, one's the work of God, but one's a man-made invention. See, one is the cure, but the other's the infection. See, because religion says do, Jesus says done. Religion says slave, Jesus says son. Religion puts you in bondage while Jesus sets you free. Religion makes you blind, but Jesus makes you see. And that's why religion and Jesus are two different clans. Religion is man searching for God. Christianity is God searching for man, which is why salvation is freely mine and forgiveness is my own. Not based on my merits, but Jesus' obedience alone. Because he took the crown of thorns and the blood dripped down his face. He took what we all deserve. I guess that's why you call it grace. And while being murdered, he yelled, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Because when he was dangling on that cross, he was thinking of you. And he absorbed all your sin and he buried it in the tomb, which is why I'm kneeling at the cross saying, come on, there's room. So for religion, no, I hate it. In fact, I literally resent it. Because when Jesus said, it is finished, I believe he meant it. I want to, I, I like that uh, spoken word um, poem because I think it really does remind us about what's most important. Is it what we can do for God or what God has already done for us? Uh, as we prepare, we're going to prepare to celebrate on this Christmas season, uh, to celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus, as we walk through the Gospels. And we're going to look at each account of the Gospels and how it looks at the birth of Jesus. And, and hopefully that'll be a little bit different uh, perspective than maybe what we've normally done and what you've normally done. But in the process of that, uh, I, I really want to challenge you to ask yourself, am I doing the things um, for God, in, looking for something in return, or am I doing it in thankfulness? Am I doing it understand that God has already done what needs to be done? If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You're trying to work yourself into heaven. And Scripture in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, it is for, By grace we are saved, not of the works of our own, good, our, our own lives. We can't do enough to make it work. It's grace, God's grace. Before we were born, He knew who we were. Let me challenge you and encourage you. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, or it's not real good, maybe you, need to, maybe you need to make that right this morning. Don't leave without making it right. Get it sorted out. Life is too short to not know where you're headed when you leave this place. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for Job's response, for his recognizing, Lord, that he did not have 
uh, a complete understanding outside of uh, you. Thank you for his love, the love of Jesus, Lord, that would, would take away the sins of anyone who would come to him. Thank you for your love for us today. In your name we pray.